0: You need Indeed.
1: The Bucks won a NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, fake. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul.
0: And who cannot get on board with that platform?
1: If I've learned a lot, this I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too. bad. No, Rohan. <laughs> no, 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 the, no.
0: <laughs> if the Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, probably a part of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish here on Monday morning. More on that in a second with my delightful, refreshing co-host Rohan Cadi. Also spooky. You're also spooky. Happy Halloween. But Rohan, how's it going?
1: You know, spooky season is in full effect. How can you not love it, Ty? We both had, a, we would say, a fun Halloween weekend. Uh, yeah. Happy to be here. Happy to be talking talking some Bucks basketball on a Monday. You know why that is, Ty? Why? Because we're going to try to stick to a schedule. <laughs> hey! We're going we're gonna to try our best uh, to uh, actually give you a new episode every single Monday that you can look forward to. Uh, it's just going to help build a routine, build a routine for you guys, for us and throughout the slog of an NBA season. Yep. So expect new Eurostep every Monday.
0: And more. We're not saying we're just going to do one pod per week. Obviously, big games, big news, whatever else. There's interviews, more interviews this year hopefully. Uh but yeah, I think we're plus excited in 6. Plus Win in 6 of course, but strictly from the Eurostep side, plus collaborations with Win in 6 and those episodes. But there will be more than one episode a week, but there will be a Monday episode. We're going to test this already next weekend. Rohan we will talk after we record. But I think outside of that, um, we're, we're excited and we'll figure it out. But yeah, Monday pods every week to talk about the, the previous week in Bucks basketball and more. And also a central big topic. If, if you all have been listening, you know, we've kind of been going through just what we've seen pretty much from every player in the rotation. As we record, you know, the last couple games, however many games there's been, we're going to continue to do that, but we want to f- kind of focus a central question or topic in the episodes as well. So today's episode, as you can see, Bucks are 5-0. Oh, that's terrific. That's amazing, actually, without Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, Joe Ingles, yada, yada. But the offense has not been ideal. I look, they're actually for... Offensive rating, they're just meh. They're 16th in the league, so just below like the middle of the NBA. Not as bad as I thought, but if you look at true shooting percentage or effective field goal percentage, they're bottom 10, I think nearly bottom five in true shooting percentage. So clearly the offense, you know, despite them scoring enough points to win five games, has not been ideal. Flip side, they're first in defense. The defense has been monstrous. But Rohan, let's. Kick off this first convo here. Is the Bucks' offense a problem? Should we be worried about this, or is this variance? Is this just missing Chris and Pat? Where do you come in on Milwaukee's pretty lackluster offense so far?
1: Uh, this is a it's a good topic to start your week. I'm sorry, I'm still on a Monday thing. It's uh, a <laughs> big Monday your guy.
0: Week. You're, you're anti Garfield.
1: <laughs> start your week off right. That's a, that's the saying, right? Yeah. You can you can euros. Star you're week off, right? Is that anything?
0: Uh, that's our thumbnail for the episode. I don't <laughs> know if that anything besides that.
1: Okay, you know what? Let's move on. Let's yeah. forget that. The offense. <laughs> um, It's a like you mentioned. No Chris, no Pat, no Joe Ingles. It still feels a little bit too heliocentric right now. I think that's a good word to describe it. Because... What we've seen a lot in these games is if Giannis does not have it going, the Bucs offense does not have it going. And look, you can say the Bucks live and die by Giannis. That's true that they're only going to go as far as Giannis takes them. But that's, that's because he's the best player on the planet. That's what's going to happen when you have a team built around Giannis. But right now, these first five games, it kind of feels like it's just Giannis. It's not like Giannis plus other pieces. It's just Giannis. Like you have other guys trying to create stuff like Drew Holiday. We've seen him be overtaxed with an offensive load in the past. We've seen uh, strides from guys like Javon Carter, who's been doing, I think, a great job in the starting lineup. You see a guy like Grayson Allen, who we've been talking about, uh, and I've been, on, I've been on the Grayson Allen redemption arc uh, train this season. But you just see him being a little too, too decisive on drives uh, rather than shooting some open shots. You just see a lot of guys trying to figure out their way around this offense, even though these are this is the same roster that we had last season, that this team had last season, but they still can't really figure it out. Is it variance a little bit? Sure. Like, are guys missing open shots? Sure. But that happens to everybody, every team. That happens. The question is, is it really a systemic thing, or is it just something that's uh, you're missing key offensive contributors like chris Middleton, big part of the Bucks offense, yeah, it's easy to write this entire thing off and say, Oh man, once they get Chris back, it'll be fine, correct, but you Chris doesn't play forty eight minutes
0: yeah, well I, th- I think it is let's fr- let's make this known. We obviously expect the offense to be worse now than it will be when Chris is back like I think. Sometimes when I've kind of noted or talked about the Bucks' offense and, and things that they need to do to improve in the very short term, I'm getting a lot of like, do you know that Chris Middleton?" Like, no, I, I didn't realize that. I watch every game. I talk about him online for hours a day. Totally forgot that guy existed. Obviously, they're going to be better when Chris gets back, but they had to play a full playoff series without him. They're playing without him right now. Like, the games without him still exist, and it's still worth trying to improve in those games, and as you say... Even when Chris is healthy, you still need to be able to play when he's not on the court. And obviously, it's easier. There's there can be no minutes in big games where there's not you know one or two of the the big three and at least one of Chris and Giannis, which helps a ton. But I think for me, when I look at it, it's a little bit of bad decision making. Grayson is some awful passes, some really it's, bad drives. It's not, when he the, it's
1: not the passes for me. Like it's the drives.
0: For me. No, but he's made some. I'm, I've just seen him throw like it well oh, I will say sure. this it's it's passes after a drive are probably what I'm thinking of the most cuz I can think of one example in particular where he is con- he, I, he doesn't seem to want to shoot off of movement much which is an issue um and I know that's been noted on twitter a bit as well and it's a good flag to watch he he really likes to be set it seems he'll dribble up but if he's going around a screen he he tends to drive those if if there's someone closing out on him but like he'll he'll kind of get in the paint and just like he's missed a couple runners. He doesn't want to shoot a runner. He kind of just gets hung up in midair and just like lofts a ball backwards. And it's like an instant fast break for the other team. So I'll agree with you that it's drives more. It's also just he's not hitting any of the shots that he's taking. So I think there's a little bit of there's a little bit of heliocentricism that's a problem. There's also a little bit of Grayson is shooting 32% from three. Bobby Portis is shooting 33% from three. Brooke Lopez predictably has cooled off to 35% from three. Um, George Hill 36% Javon Carter 27% Wesley Matthews 33% I actually think that despite I, I agree they need to get the ball in more guys hands for sets I think they've done a pretty good job at opening shots for all of those players and there's been so many games where especially the Knicks game the Hawks game they had opportunities to put those games away and the shots just didn't fall and you know, there, there's. You can say they need to get to the paint more, yada yada, whatever. You know, a lot of the times the paint's kind of walled off because teams know to do that, or bury it off because teams ah, know to you. do that. You just got to hit the shots, and I just think you know we can talk about strategically what we want to see. I do think there's some variance at play, and they should be closer to tenth than sixteenth. But like all of these guys who we know can knock down shots are just not, and it's. I, I don't. There's only so much you can do about that, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, just getting back to Grayson, quick about uh, him not wanting to shoot off movement. Just, just shoot the shot, man. You're a good shooter. Like, sure, you're in a little bit of a, a, a rough shooting stretch right now, but your career has shown that you are a good shooter. That's what this team needs you to do. Shoot the damn ball.
0: He and Javon both, and I know Javon did not have a it did not have a great game against the Hawks. I mean, certainly had trouble with Trey Young, which is understandable. Didn't add all that much offensively. The Knicks, I think that was his best game of the season because, as you say, Grayson should do. He just shot the ball, and I think that's been my biggest flag with him is he's done a little little too much driving, not quite enough open shooting, but he took 13 shots, including 11 threes against the Knicks, and scored 14 points. I mean, that's obviously for a ton, for a, a ton for guys averaging 4.6 points per game as a starter getting real minutes. I just think that a lot. that's a lot of the issue. I think... Credit to Bobby Portis, who the shots aren't falling, but he is certainly getting them up from two and three. Grayson, I mean, it's not like he's not shooting. He's attempting, you know, nearly nine shots per game, nearly six threes per game. I think he just like, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or if it's just bad luck and a bad shooting spell for him. And like I said, basically everyone. I mean, no one shooting above 36% besides Jordan Wara from three, Jordan Wara, Serge Ibaka, and Marjan Bochamp. And Two of those guys have combined to take, like, you know, not a lot of total shots. We'll put it that way, uh, from distance. I I don't know. I don't know what it is exactly um, with the threes. But certainly would like to see Grayson just keep pulling those things because, you know, we like that he can do more offensively than a Bryn Forbes. But also, you know, maybe – I think there just needs to be a middle ground found there on what he's doing and what he's not doing.
1: Fair. And, like, we've wanted him to do more things Mm. in the offense. Like, let's not – Let's not say he shouldn't do anything else. Yeah. In the yeah. Because we, he, you need that offensive versatility to really stay on the court when the games matter. Like you need that. <laughs> Otherwise people are just going to stick a guy on you. And if you're not doing anything, you're not really helping the team, uh, offensively. But yeah, it's just like, even though he needs to keep shooting a lot of the other guys, it's, it's tough. I'm sort of in this mindset where I'm, I keep thinking about what really is the issue here. And I just keep thinking about these possessions where you just have like Javon or Drew just having the ball on the perimeter. Some guy sets a screen, they come, they switch, the defense switches, uh, or they just contain the screen because they just pop. There's no roll. There's no hard rolls on this team at all right now. Like uh, Bobby's not going to be a hard roller. Serge is not going to be a hard roller. And even if he is, you do not want to give him the ball. Inside the arc because he's just gonna moisturize it out into the stand. <laughs> um, if if Brook's not gonna be a super hard roller because he's just gonna be trailing back on defense.
0: Brook and, and Giannis sometimes, but it's rare. Like yeah. they've both gotten some oops this year, but it's not not the norm. Listen,
1: Brook doesn't get into the half court until like, there's yeah. ten seconds left on the yeah. shot clock anyway. And Giannis is Giannis. I'm not gonna say anything about Giannis, <laughs> but like there's no other rollers on this team. So you see Javon and Drew just sort of have a screen. They pop. And then there's just eight seconds went by and nothing happened. Yep. Then you just you're waiting for someone to come off a cross screen and drive maybe if there's any separation. And then, oh, my God, the shot clock's done. Yeah. Like I've seen that possession. I've seen that story too many times this season. And it's just it's it's a question of is there not enough dynamism in the offense? Aside from Giannis, obviously, this I'm saying this yeah. all sans Giannis. Yeah. Like, is there not enough dynamism? Is there not, not enough burst? This is something that I've been harping on for years now. And part of the reason I'm so excited about Beauchamp uh, is because you have a guy who can be a burst athlete. Is there just not enough of that? Is there not enough quick decision making? I don't know. It's a little too early to tell still. But I'm going to be watching that going forward to see what exactly happens on those possessions. Because those are the ones that sort of drive me insane. And a lot of the times when Giannis isn't on the court right now, those are most of the possessions for this team. There's not really an action. You're trying to set up a post guy, whether it's Bobby or whether it's Drew. Uh, Drew tried to uh, bully Trey Young so much when he got uh, cross matched onto him because they were trying to hide Trey Young, obviously. Yeah. It's just like, what's your offense outside of Giannis? Is it Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis post ups? Is that it? I don't know. Yeah, I
0: think it was it was great to see in the Atlanta game Drew finally really get going in one of his best offensive games in a. It was Bucs it uniform. was a it was a
1: masterclass.
0: Yeah, and the Bucks certainly needed it with Giannis. You know, coming back to earth a little bit, field goal percentage all the way down to sixty percent for Giannis. He really needs to work on that. Only thirty-four points and seventeen rebounds for the That's big the guy.
1: Okay, can, can we say that, that is the? Uh, it's the fakest thirty-four and seventeen I've ever seen. Well, fourth
0: quarter he was very good. A lot yeah, of free he throws. He like, had
1: twelve of his thirty-four. I think yeah.
0: in the fourth. Yeah, um,
1: it's you know it's Be- it was not it was not a great game.
0: But... No, it, but that's he's he's at that level now where he can just grit through it and like like you still even if it's a fake thirty-four you still need them all. You know, in a game that close, you need every single point you can get and he I, I just love that he's at that level now with like the honest bad games it's like high 20s low 30s and points 15ish rebounds
1: i mean it, four it was assists. a it was a below average scoring game
0: yeah yeah um just barely He's down the 34.4 now but yeah um but drew it was great to see that i think drew just hitting more of those shots would i think help everything too because i think he is a player like he gets into the teeth of the defense like he'll get near the rim He'll, he'll, I mean, all the shots, I think, he feels are open because of the step back. But he is a guy who can generate his own look all day. They just haven't fa-
1: fallen. A little concerning. Because, like that's, that's not his game. I mean, he does it a lot. I mean, he does it, it a lot. But how, I mean, how often is it efficient throughout his career? I'm not talking step backs in general because, like I've said last season, he was one of the most efficient step back shooters in the yep. entire league. But I'm saying, like, Drew Holiday gets these looks. He's there's no doubting. He's a great shot creator for himself and for his teammates. His passing vision this season is on another level up to eight he's assists a, per game. He's been a great playmaker ever since his time in Milwaukee. I mean, before then too, but especially yeah. during his time in Milwaukee, but this season, it's just incredible. Like we, we talked a lot last season about he how even like the bad drew scoring games, it's kind of different than an Eric Bledsoe bad shooting game because he's still getting all of his teammates involved. Uh, racking up the assists and um, setting yeah. people up for good shots like that's That's undeniable. But I'm saying in terms of creating his own shot, getting his own shot, that's like, he can do it. He, the shots never really been there though.
0: Well, I don't for, know. But the, the, the interesting thing is it feels like he's using his strength more to leverage the step back. And that has been a great shot for him. So it's the rim thing. That's a problem. But I think, you can't give up on it. The, the frustrating thing is, he gets there. That's the hard yeah, like, part for most the players. The
1: thing is, yeah, like step backs, here's, here's the thing on step backs versus rim pressures step backs don't help the team's offense at all.
0: Unless they go in.
1: I mean, yes, obviously. Yeah. But you, do you, like, what I'm trying to say is. I know
0: what you're saying. It I doesn't know. open anything else up.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. explaining it to the listeners, Ty. This is a podcast. Oh, no, I know.
0: <laughs> I just want to engage. <laughs> i get it. I the Rohan Coddy show featuring Rohan starting right now. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll mute. Go, go on. Sorry to no, interrupt, you, sir.
1: No, you. You got it. You got it. But like, if if Drew's attacking the rim, he's pressuring the rim. That allows other guys to move to cut, to draw in defenders, to leverage the defense for the other players. Well, step backs don't really, obviously, if the step back goes in, that's a good shot. That's good offense. You're scoring buckets. That's good. At the end of the day, the goal of basketball is to put the ball in the hoop more than the other team. And half of that is actually putting the ball in the hoop. So you need to do that. But like you mentioned, he can get to the rim. He, he's leveraging his strength, like you mentioned, really, really well to get those looks. But it's a testament to what he's been doing in Milwaukee his entire career in Milwaukee. It's not efficient. It's really not efficient. Like sometimes he'll throw up wild shots. Like he threw in last night against the Hawks. We're recording this on a Sunday. Uh, yeah. He had a lefty hook that went off glass in. <laughs> like that went in. It's not a good process, though. <laughs> like he got, he got, I think it was off an offensive rebound or something that he just like threw it up. And I was like, okay, sure. Like it went in, but yeah. how often is that going to go in? Yeah, like if you're fair. if you're banking lefty hooks in, I don't I don't know. Like if you're just prime Kareem out of here, like <laughs> I I I don't know. But it's just my thing with Drew. Just to sum this all up, is mm. he's getting good luck. It's just it's not his game to be an efficient scorer in that manner.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the that's the effect directly of not having Chris because he has to take him because he's still getting nearly ten assists per game. He's passing as much as he can. The issue is he's got to anchor lineups without Giannis a lot of the game. And there's just not players outside of Bobby who's going to take the same three kind of shots Bobby Portis takes all game. There's just not guys who are taking enough shots. So he has to.
1: There's just, there's not an, I think I figured it out. There's not enough rim pressure on this team. Yeah. Efficient rim pressure. It's only Giannis. Yeah. I mean. Who else? Who else is attacking the rim consistently?
0: I mean, it depends how you how you count. Like, if you if you don't, if you don't want to take say, like if you're talking about drives, not really anyone. Grayson He's exactly. not good at it.
1: It's like there, there's no one else on this team who can really force that, and that's the bread and butter of this Milwaukee Bucks team is rim pressure driving the rest of their offense. And right now they don't have anyone else. Well, but
0: I mean, you can rim. Pre- they rim pressure through dunker spot, and they have a lot of guys who are capable of doing that okay like sure and drew gets there it's just drew 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 does pressure the rim he does the shot doesn't go in a lot of the time but the pressure is there and he opens up but he he does as you say he opens up he yeah he opens up a lot of fair but i don't know if it has to be because he does get there and he does he does move the defense that way i don't know how many teams have five guys who are getting consistent i'm asking for two i think drew and Giannis. okay three
1: Almost, Grayson? Almost. Sure. I mean, like, Bobby will run towards the rim sometimes. Are we counting him?
0: Hill is good for one or two a game.
1: Uh, one or two a week, maybe.
0: Yeah, it's probably more accurate. This is. I mean, I think Pat would be fairly high on this list if he was playing, too. We've exactly. seen Pat like, have some that, great like takes. That's, 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 that's I know, what they're missing.
1: But that's that's a lot of the element is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. What they're missing right now is rim pressure.
0: Yeah. Oh no, uh, no. Oh, God, no. Let's uh let's wrap up offense. Third oh, let's wrap up offense and then and then we'll will get to the individual play, players. The play
1: where he left the ball behind.
0: Yeah, I was texting you about this. I mean, he was went to drive and was forgot the ball. Yeah, it the
1: next game. Yeah, it was yeah, the next
0: game. game. The ball was just behind him. <laughs> I don't I do it took him a while to realize, I think. Like he kept doing the dribble motion. I I don't I don't know.
1: I choose. I choose to see Surge in a funny manner. I know season. you do. I, know I you
0: encourage do. everyone else to do the same. And, and it's starting to piss me off because you're like, you don't want to give him a down stock because of the comedic timing. Like that's that <laughs> okay. should not be no, a no, plus. No, 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 no. Here,
1: no, no. To preserve the integrity of the buck stock market. Okay. Give me a second. That was a bad play. That yeah, was obviously yeah. a bad play. Yeah. He was fine the rest of the way. I know he was. He was he, fine. He's been,
0: I, I think he. Ha- I think the thing was Surge. He has some really rough moments, but over he's kind of inverse. Wara, where like Wara will do something, and you're like, oh my god, he's incredible, and then all of the little things suck. Serge has done a lot of things fairly well, unremarkably well, but well. And then there's just like a play per game, where you're just like what what just happened? How did that? How's that even possible?
1: Yeah, it's like he'll he'll do the he'll do the little things like get like box out the guy who's yeah. like trying to go for a putback and stuff like that. Make sure the rebound gets secured if he's going to tap it out to someone else. Uh, he'll he'll block a shot here and there. He blocked a Derrick Rose jumper in yeah. the next game.
0: He's on every uh, other game timing with that right now, which is fine. We'd like to see one Zilla, per game, yeah. but he doesn't play a lot.
1: He'll get some he'll get some offensive rebounds, he'll fight in there. Yeah. Uh, but then he'll have place where he tries to drive and leaves the ball
0: <laughs> Yeah. I, I think overall he's getting the job done, the job being like again, he's surviving nine minutes per game of center play that you're defending the rim yeah. and spacing. That's, that's it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. Three percent match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, Member SIPC. Survival. Yeah, yeah. that's all we. That's all. That's all. Surge needs to do, and he's doing it.
0: Yeah. So, and and seems like a great great dude. Good locker room presence. One last note, and we kind of yeah. Fashion. Have you listened to part of the album? He's literally a two K my player. No, I haven't. I've listened to some of the songs. It's actually pretty good. Is this going to be your, like your pregame music? Get all the get get, gets get your it going. Whole, get your whole crew at the spot and then put on the new surge of Baca.
1: Yeah, that's what we're listening to A Milk.
0: <laughs> um, let's segue to players with Javon, and this is my last point on the offense in general. You know, we, we obviously love Javon Carter. 36% from the field, 28% from three. Some of that, again, is just a lot of guys are just not shooting as well as you'd expect. I just think it's, it might sound weird. I want to take more of those mid jumpers because I think that it's not rim pressure, but I do think right now, and you said it well. I, I think Drew is commanding respect when he drives, even if the results are really mixed. Because I think he has seen that way around the league, and he gets to the rim, and he's just he's he's making a true impact. There's just too many Javon Carter touches right now where there's just not an impact. Like even the the frustrating part about it is. He'll get around the first layer of defense and then just pass it back out because I, I don't I don't know how comfortable he is driving to the rim I, obviously he's a smaller player it can be hard down there um, with with some of the you know rim protectors in the league but he gets all that space for the MIDI and doesn't take it enough and it feels like I don't have the numbers in front of me I, and again it's five games but that's a shot he's clearly comfortable with it looks good off his hand. I would like to see him take more of those from two and three. Like if he's going to start, I just think he needs – and he's going to be a a primary ball handler, the third guy, but still one of them or maybe even fourth guy. I'd say he probably touches the rock more than Grayson though, honestly. He's got to just be more of a threat with it in his hands. And I just think especially with Drew, I think we can safely say being more effective as a playmaker than a scorer right now. Like Javon just needs to add some more scoring because I think that's their big issue with the starters – and obviously, these are a lot of their rotation players. It's just not enough guys who are willing to take take actually take advantage of space that the rest of the offense creates and take the shot. There's just too much of Grayson curling around open, Javon in the in the you know mid range area open. Oh, pass it back out to Drew, and then Drew has to take a bad shot. Like need to take advantage of those. Like Brooke takes every shot, Bobby. We'll get to Bobby I've, I've actually he's made some really nice passes this year which is a big deal but he'll take the shots obviously honest not enough guys though are taking the shots when they have advantages to do so and I think that has slowed them down a lot in some of these games
1: uh I pulled up the numbers do you want to know how many uh how many mid-range jumpers that Javon Carter has attempted this season so he is averaging
0: five total shots per game but only 1.4 of them are twos. So I'm going to guess he's taken six? Close, five. Five. So one per game. Yeah. How many has he made? Three. So 60%. Yeah. Like that's a good shot for him. And I, I just think – and I know the way the Bucks are. I'm sure they're not encouraging them. Maybe they – that, that's actually an interesting question because we know Bud and Chris early on did the Middies thing and Javon Carter is not Chris Middleton. I don't know. I wonder – I mean they've talked about – glowingly in Jim Ozarski's piece about Javon's you know they talked about the jumper that's an interesting question I wonder if he's being discouraged to take them or not either way I think he has to I think that's maybe his best offensive weapon and he needs to just be doing that more because he's good at finding space to take it
1: yeah he's he's taken uh two shots in the paint this entire season two he's made one of
0: them I was gonna say I don't think he's
1: made both yeah. One of one at the rim. The other one was sort of uh, inside I like a floater. The, yeah. Yeah. But like 72 percent of his shot attempts this season have been threes.
0: Yeah. Which is a little ridiculous. stale.
1: It's ridiculous. Like, sure, you want to work him into the offense a little bit like it's going to take time. Obviously, this this year so far is already a massive jump for him compared yeah. to what he was doing last season uh, with the Bucks. So I think it might just be, like, slowly working that in a little bit. Sort of ease him in. Like, we're five games in. Yeah. We'll see if
0: that continues. Do you think he's going to keep starting until guys get healthy?
1: I think so. It's working out well. They're undefeated.
0: Do you think if Pat gets back first, Pat would start first before Chris? I don't think so. I, think I don't Pat, think so
1: either. Yeah, I think Pat really, really works well off the bench.
0: I, I mean, I think... I think there there may be a case. Later this year, we're going to revisit, as we always do. I think there's a shot we're overthinking it. We'll see. It. A lot of a lot of players have a lot of games to play still. But Drew, Pat, Chris, Giannis, Brooke might just be the best group to start. We'll see. We'll see how everyone sees it. It's the, it's the best.
1: best finishing group for sure. Yeah. which
0: Overall. At a certain point, then, you, I guess
1: you just like, why not just... I mean, you know. like it's it's matchup dependent too. Yeah. Like we've seen Bud go with different closing lineups this season based on who they're playing. I like the Javon
0: George backcourt plus Drew. They've been doing the three guard thing the last two games. I like yeah. that lineup.
1: They've been they've been changing like uh they've been sort of shifting a lot. They went like three guards. They also closed with the jumbo bucks yesterday. Yeah. Like they went full Brook Bobby Giannis. It's it's interesting. I think I think Bud Bud's having some fun this season so far.
0: Yeah, yeah, yes. We should have
1: given we should have given Bud an up stock last game.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's always it's always tough with coach and GM. Horse probably won't touch horse. Horse best way to get one this year outside of obviously like making a good move. Ingles looking good would be massive for horse stock.
1: Or or if Bochamp really does That's something true. wow. yeah. Or if like Javon Carter has like a fifty point game, yeah, we'll give. <laughs> we might give Sean Marks an up stock for that. One. <laughs> Um Fun story about Sean Marks when uh, Steve Nash got ejected in the Brooklyn game, yeah. Sean Marks left and never came back. Like he went straight to the locker room, and never came back. He
0: might be he just, he might have just gone back to Australia. He might have said, "You know what? i have had enough. I'm going to work remote for
1: a couple weeks." <laughs> it was, it I was wouldn't so blame funny. Him. I would this not blame him. man jumped out of his seat as soon as Steve Nash got ejected. <laughs> um
0: yeah, if I was Steve Nash, I think I'd try to get ejected from every game rather than coach the Brooklyn Nets at this point. Enough net stuff. Yeah. Enough yeah, net stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: What player do you want to talk about? I think we've done a decent amount of Javon. Who what other players should we talk about?
1: Oh uh, no, see. you know what?
0: I'll phrase it this way. Sorry. One, should we be worried about the offense? That is the question in the title. What do you think?
1: A little
0: bit. I think a little bit, but not really. I think I think it's
1: it's a wait and see sort of thing.
0: It's a wait and see. I think they can get better in this current mode. They're also just gonna be way better when Chris is back. But I think and like Pat. And Pat, and maybe Ingles, but I think if like if Grayson is shooting forty two percent instead of thirty two percent, so AJ far. And AJ
1: Green also, what happened to him? He broke his nose.
0: I don't know. I mean, that's not a that's a pretty minor thing. I think
1: breaking your nose. Yeah. Like, how did How did that happen? Did he know. get punched in practice? Like, who's punching? Could AJ have ran Green? into a wall or so. Who
0: knows? I don't think he got punched. <laughs> <laughs> it happens.
1: It's are you, did you break your nose running
0: into a- No, I broke it. We were playing basketball, and I got a basketball hit by a baseball bat into a tree, and then into my nose. <laughs> what? Yeah, it looks. If you look from the side, hold on. See that? You two kind of enjoy this. It's kind of like it's like a, a big. There was always a little bit of a bump, but it got definitely more refined post as the last time I played basketball.
1: Anyway, I don't think I've ever played
0: basketball. It's it's dangerous game. Uh, especially in an alley, a gravel alley.
1: Um, what? <laughs> How old were you?
0: Twelve. This isn't last year. Like
1: I'm, I'm glad. I'm,
0: yeah, but no, I think Grayson and and um, Javon Carter are, are in like around forty percent from three. I just think they all look much better because they are. I think they are doing a pretty good job of of opening up shots for their guys. They're just not hitting them. But we'll, we'll obviously stay tuned to this. Which Bucks player has impressed you the most over Oh, Oh, it's Brooke, it's Brooke Lopez. Yeah, has to be. Talk yeah, about Brooke.
1: So, Brooke Lopez, we've talked a little bit about the Bucs and their defensive scheme going into the season where they're just going to try to stay home and shoot on shooters as much as they can so you can sort of play pick-and-roll defense two-on-two two, uh, and not leave, leave guys open for three, don't overhelp, all that fun stuff. Brooke Lopez has been an absolute monster monster the season uh so far like sure his offense was ridiculously good in the game against atlanta he started off five of five from three uh he ends up being the third leading scorer on the team he's been their second best player so far this season because he's been anchoring the reason that they're winning these games and that is defense you said it up top they're not winning these games because of their offense they're winning because of their defense and brooke lopez has been swallowing shots at the rim swallowing shot attempts uh he's averaging over four blocks a game, I think, still. Uh, Three point six now. 3. But 3. still a now. lead
0: leading number. League leading number.
1: It's it's ridiculous. All I can think about while watching uh Brooke Lopez is back in his Nets days when I and Eagle was on the call. Also, like it's just the Nets broadcast is awesome. It's really but, good. <laughs> Um, every time Brooke Lopez would have a monster block, you would just hear Ian Eagle screaming, do not go in there. Mm-hmm. That's what I think about every time someone tries Brooke at the rim this season, because they keep trying Ty, but it, and it keeps on being the same exact result. They're getting swatted. His, I don't know. I, I tweeted this as a joke uh, a few games ago, something about like, his uh, his back surgery was actually an adamantium infusion because that's what it looks like. Yeah. He's a monster out there, Ty. Yeah. He's, his defensive instincts are so, so good. There was a play against the Knicks, I believe, where Julius Randle caught the ball uh, sort of like on the baseline, like a few feet beyond the arc. And Brook Lopez, you would think, would shift his body. He was a little to the side. He would shift his body to get in front of Randle uh, to try and go up for the shot. But no, he stays there knowing that a body would get him in a, a foul call, and all he does is wait for Julius Randle to go up, and he maneuvers his left arm around to sw- like block the dunk attempt, because Julius Randle went to go uh, pound it on him. It's just that defensive instincts, the the, the sort of uh, touch and feel he has around the rim, both on offense, but especially on defense, it's it's unmatched so far. He's So far, the defensive player of the year.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. Brooke, looking at per 36, because he was playing a lot of minutes this year, he has not averaged, he has not rebounded at this level since 2015-16 when he was 27 years old on the Nets. He's never taken this many threes, 8.6 per 36 minutes right now. Um, His blocking has never even been close to this per 36. The closest he has, 3.2 in 1920 his second buck season at 4.2 blocks per 36 minutes played absolutely monster numbers and i just think everything about him looks great and really what if you think about it you know at the end of the day in their base configuration when they're not going small this defense is more or less just a bet on Brooke Lopez right like it's Brooke cleans up everything that's that's what they're playing it's like it's a bet on all their players to just just hold up but also, you're never going to hold up 100%. That's just not how defense works. Despite what Kawhi Leonard may have thought in college, you know, do you, do you remember that anecdote where they were talking about help yeah. defense and Kawhi? I was like, why? <laughs> just just, just do it. Yeah, just I don't, I don't understand. Why would you not just do it? Like, it's so funny to hear like generational talented people talk about like, I don't I just didn't understand why they just didn't. Smother the guy. That's a weird Apple decision. time, baby. Apple yeah. Time.
1: Do you remember that?
0: Apple, yeah. It was fake, right? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. Fake. Um, Board man gets paid. But but yeah, I think that's the, you know, you're always going to get beat sometimes. And Brooke is just mopping up everything. Even if he's not getting blocks, he's super active on the boards, both help help rebounding. I don't know if that's a term, boxing out, more common term, and actually grabbing rebounds himself more this year. He's been incredible and just giving them everything they need. Catching some oops when he's going down low. I'd like to see more of that. I'd like to see more of Brooke rolling. I know it's tough because then he does have to get back. And if there's, you know, if if the shot doesn't go in, there's just going to be a play that happens on the other end without Brooke Lopez, which is tough. But uh, it is, I think, maybe worth a little bit more, especially for the offensive looks you get there. But I understand. I mean, that's the other thing, too, about him taking almost all of his shots well, not almost all, but a lot of his shots, his threes, is it just makes it so much easier for him to get back, and that's like the Bucks always just lean defense over offense, and just feel like they think they can rely on it more, given the way their shooting tends to go in playoff series. and that's probably a good and call right now, and oh uh, yeah, and and generally as well, yeah.
1: But no, like I can't I can't say enough about Brooke Lopez as a defense. It's just.
0: And just all I think everything too. I just think he looks yes. great in general. His his movement, his fluidity, like it's a huge Wait, who deal. knows
1: who knows how many years of this we have left. So let's yeah. appreciate what is what is there. And his his jersey's going up, by the way.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. We're gonna have uh we're gonna have a, a busy ceiling in Fi Surf, but it's it's well earned. Why would you not pay credit to these great players who literally got the Bucks a title and are hoping to hoping to not be done yet?
1: Yeah, number number 11. Right? That's I'm not yeah. embarrassing myself. <laughs> no, it's 11. I know I'm, I I'm not good at panic. numbers.
0: I'm not good at numbers. <laughs> so, 34 22. What's Drew's number? <laughs> well, no, that's Grayson. Oh shoot. I finally 21. found someone worse at numbers than me. 21. 21. It's, I knew it was 21. Right. 21. Yeah, yeah, you were you were close. Those 3 11 24.
1: Oh yeah. This right is not, you're watching this, is,
0: this, is, this is totally unrelated to the Bucks, but 24 in the Rafters. I think that's all I'm totally sold on for now.
1: We'll see what Bobby does.
0: Yeah, I think Bobby's probably the next closest.
1: Yeah. Wes Matthews, just for the meme.
0: I just don't think he's going to have enough time.
1: No, he's not.
0: Unfortunately.
1: Oh, 43. 43 is <laughs> going up. I think Wes
0: should be, uh, do they have a Ring of Honor?
1: No, I don't think so. They
0: should see. There needs to be because that's nice to like not have it all the way. Not have to retire everyone's number, but still honor the guys. They should have a ring of honor. Yeah, there should be. Those those are good good things to oh, do. Oh,
1: number number zero. Bo Champ's going to be a star.
0: Okay, let's let's let.
1: Uh, I want to talk about Bobby,
0: who we, oh, we so just let's identified. retire.
1: Let's retire our numbers, even though we don't have numbers. Let's play, let's hang them up. And
0: six find for you. the sixth man. I think six is already retired by the Bucks. Actually, um. Bobby Portis, I mentioned it earlier. I gave myself away, and he's still only averaging one point two assists per game. So it's not like he's looking like prime Chris Paul out there. But credit to him first. Isn't
1: threes to cut the lead to forty two.
0: <laughs> um, Thirteen and ten so far, which is like really important averages for this Bucks team. Making a lot of hay on the offensive boards. Three point two offensive boards per game for Bobby. I think he's really come alive these last three or so games. Just, again, they need him. They need everyone to come through and get these wins. And he's been great over the last few games here. But the short roll passing and some of the reads that he's made, I'm just not that used to seeing from him. I'm so used to Bobby locked in on just shooting no matter what. And as we've said, the Bucks need to be decisive, need to shoot, etc. But there is something to be said for, like, turning down an okay shot for a very good shot. And, like, he had one, I think, against the Hawks where he was basically more or less getting doubled in the painted area, and he kind of just finds Brook for a wide open layup. And it's just like, oh, you're not really used to seeing, you know, Bobby Bobby around the rim. Usually, it's like, all right, this is my fadeaway. Like this it's is Bobby. My time. It's Bobby yeah. Portis
1: time. Quote yeah. Bobby
0: Portis. And I think one of them too was short roll, and he got it out to a shooter. I need to watch and, and remember exactly, but I think the last two or three games now he's been making passes where I go, oh, that's. That's going to be really nice, especially when they're healthy. If Bobby is recognizing better and faster, like uh, I've got kind of a guy and a half between me and the rim. Oh, Chris is right here. Oh, Giannis is moving. Oh, Brooke is by the rim. That's the kind of stuff that just takes you from a good offense to a potentially great offense. I know we're talking about their offense has struggled, but that's the kind of little thing that can matter when they're at full strength and humming. Hope to see more of that from Bobby this season.
1: For sure. For sure. Like just being able to see guys more involved. Uh, Especially like I, excuse me, trying to get passes off, uh, like trying to not be so laser focused on scoring in that, like on that particular play when you have the ball in your hands. Just being able to read the offense, read the floor a little better. That's it's it's part of the linear development of Bobby Port. It's like it's just going to keep getting better. Like he's he's been adding to his game every year since he's been here in Milwaukee and just in his career in general. It's just it's really really good to see guys like just. Move the ball, move the ball more. That's how you get more open looks, more, uh, leverage the defense against you. Move the ball, recognize faults, recognize weaknesses that the defense is giving you. So you can sort of create open shots out of that. Turn down a good shot for a better shot. Just be, be the beautiful game Spurs. Like if you can, there was, uh, there was one play that was highlighted during the Hawks game where it's like Giannis, I think gives the ball to Javon Carter who cuts to the rim, throws a behind the back pass to, to Brook in the corner, like yes, yeah, yes, more stuff like that. Yeah,
0: more Just more like, connective tissue. Like we always talked about George Hill. Like yeah. seeing a little bit, a little of that from everybody.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's that's what I love to see. So Bobby showing that is really, really good.
0: Yeah, and I think it's one of those where it's this this idea of like it's always useful to be able to score, and I think we should segue from this to Wara because I think it's it's a very apt conversation to have, but. It's always going to be somewhat useful to score. Like you need points to win game, point-win game. Yes, but, put um, ball and hoop. Ball and hoop, good. But there, it's it's more valuable within the context of an offense. And that's like Bobby, there's been times where he's almost like freelancing. And they've needed it, especially some of the lineups. It's still important, but it's more important if he can be out there and just like the ball is zipping and he's getting open shots – and he's helping other guys take open shots. That's how you really, really get to some fun places on offense. And maybe if there's more of that happening, we can have less of these playoff series where the Bucks' defense needs to be impeccable for at least, you know, four out of the seven games for them to win because the offense just bogs down. So I think, you know, the, the new defense is is being talked about a lot. I do think they're trying some stuff on offense too, more ball screens, more Spain pick and roll, that kind of thing. Uh, and that's – I think the Bucs are not just focused on defense. I think they would like their offense to be better as well. Jordan Wara, you know, it's easy to look at the stats and go, oh, he's 50% from three. You know, he's rebounding pretty well for the minutes he's playing. They're yeah, winning he's, his he's minutes. Tr- he's,
1: he's making big plays on boards. but He's had a couple offensive boards. Yeah. Of yeah.
0: Do you know what Jordan Wara's career – don't look. Assists per game number is –
1: um, like
0: one. <laughs> 0. 0.7. Jordan Wara is averaging 0. 0.2 assists per game this season. That's not his career low. His rookie year, he also averaged 0. 0.2 assists per, se- per game.
1: Like, <laughs> come did, did on. You, do you wanted to see two from him a game, right? Or was that someone else?
0: That was Grayson. The Grace. That, that was Grayson. grayson. And I think he's doing it. 2.4. That's yeah. that's fine. You don't need to have six assists per game. And Wara plays less. I get it. It's still 15 minutes. Like, Wes Matthews has .8 assists per game. It feels like they barely dusted him off this year. It's just like being involved in the offense. He has one assist this season. One. He's played <laughs> – what it was that? What's 15 times five? 75 minutes more He's 15.4. 80 minutes-ish. One assist? He's got the ball in his hands. I mean they don't – it's not – he's not a primary ball handler but he touches it. Like it's just insane how little he's moving the ball for passes. A, a list of Bucks players with less assists per game. Marjan Beauchamp who's played nine minutes. Mamu, who's played 2.2 minutes. Serge Ibaka which that one – that one doesn't surprise anyone. And then Thanasis who's played less than one minute. Just – it's just like he's so disconnected.
1: <laughs> oh. This is this is like people have been saying like oh my goodness Jordan War is really showing something it's the same Jordan it's, War yeah I'm not it's, seeing, it's unfortunate I'm not seeing, but I'm not seeing anything new the catch and like, sure. shoot threes
0: matter but we'll see it's such a small sample
1: but like this is why I've been down on him yeah and why it's like okay sure what do you what are you gonna do like come on like I would have preferred Lindell hmm
0: hmm maybe.
1: I would – I've said
0: this and I'm going to continue to say convert,
1: it. Convert Mamu.
0: I, I would like to see Bo Champ get – like just give him the 15 minutes once. And let's just see how it goes. And he had – he's hit a couple of shots.
1: He's the he's, only player in the NBA to be shooting 100% from the field.
0: And now on two shots, he's doubled his volume uh, total. I just think – I even right now, I think long term certainly, but I think even right now the upside is higher because I just think there's more chance he fits in. And there's going to be some ugly moments. There's some ugly moments with Wara, too. I, I think his defense has gotten better. He's not a stopper by any means. He makes some pretty bad decisions He's not with a the ball. plus no. at all. No.
1: Like, sure, maybe he's not as much of a negative as he used to be, but he's still not a, like a positive contributor on the defensive end.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, knocking down the corner, the catch and shoot threes does matter. So was Bojan. him. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't know. They like, just, uh, just
1: give him a shot. Like they are I'm not, averaging I'm not seeing anything, anything different.
0: Despite some ugly turnovers by Bochamp in the Hawks game, they're actually averaging the same amount of turnovers per game too. So Fun. Yeah. Although Bochamp in much less minutes. So I guess that's a little misleading. But yeah. Uh let's talk Giannis. We haven't really done that yet. Yeah, you ready for he, my stat?
1: Uh can I can I say something?
0: Sure, yeah, of course. He he's good. It's not bad. Uh, let's not get carried away. All right, here it is. I'm going to hit send, right. right I, I to you. are going to live tweet. Yep.
1: We're exposing our recording time.
0: <laughs> yeah, we are. After going one for one last night, Giannis has knocked down a three-pointer in all five of his games this season. The longest streak of games with at least one made three to start a season in his career. Ooh. Shooting, I think, 35% total from three, which is fine. But I do, I think it is noteworthy. And I know I know there's certain people out there who will say, just don't even bother talking about it, like he's not going to be an elite three-point shooter. And I don't disagree with that, but I think everything matters. And I do think he's looked more comfortable. He's taken, it he feels like, more catch-and-shoot threes. He's not taking a ton per game. Like, I don't think this is the most he's ever attempted in the first five games. He's only at 3.4 attempts per game. I do think it's meaningful that he's just like consistently knocking down at least one. It doesn't matter. I
1: think like smaller volume, higher percentage. Like, yeah, you'll take that every day of the week. And
0: just, I think it's the consistency of hitting at least one. It may sound stupid and not, it's not really a statistical thing, right? Cause like, you know, if you go one for four a bunch versus, you know, Whatever, oh for 3 and then 2 for 4. It's better the second the, one.
1: The Dion Waiters.
0: Yeah, exactly. exactly.
1: But I, I think... whatever ever happened to Dion? Uh, oh, wait, he had the Yeah, the <laughs> gummy. <laughs> yeah, a
0: lot, a lot. Oh, Dion's doing well. Um, but if, he, if you're knocking down legitimately at least one per game, I just think it makes the threat more real. And it just makes it harder. Even if as a defense, you know, like, we can't worry about it too much. Because if we do, then he's already at the rim. And it also is nice because it kind of lets him save himself on some of these possessions. But I just think it makes it that much harder to guard him. And I think we, we've agreed, you know, all the, the, the obsession with what if Giannis could is annoying. And he's obviously already on a GOAT trajectory without, being, without that, but it still matters. It would still be impactful if he's going to continue to shoot 35% and legitimately space the floor that far out. And I think it's been a positive development. And I've not talked about it too much. There's so much other great stuff that he's doing. But I I like to see him just like – it feels less like an oddity now. It's not like, oh, God, he's going to be one of his terrible eight dribble threes. It's like, oh, he has some space. He pulls the three. He catches it open. He pulls the three. And it just – I think it's felt much better this year process-wise. Not looking at the jumper, but just when and where he takes them in the spots. I've liked it a lot better.
1: Yeah, it's more It's more controlled. It's more or less like uh, there was a couple possessions uh, throughout his career, like last season, let's say, where you would just see like, oh, you know Giannis wants to pull up here. Yeah. You know, like you can see it in the way he's moving. It's like, okay, Giannis is going to pull up here. Yeah. Uh, there was one possession, I think it was the Knicks game, where I was thinking, okay, he's going to pull up. And he didn't. And I was yeah. like, oh,
0: that's that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's been quicker.
1: Yeah, it's been more – it's been more – Concise. Like a lot of the times, his off the dribble threes take like the entire shot clock because he just gets his guy moving and then does it. Like it takes legitimately ten seconds for him to do the move. But like his thought process, like I I feel like he was thinking about it too much. Now it's just like, okay, am I shooting this? Sure, let's do it. Uh, it's it's more of that. Oh, I'm catching the ball. Okay, I'm on the perimeter, catch and shoot three, easy. Let's pull it. It's it's more it's more habitual for him. It's more of a routine rather than a decision he has to make, if that makes any sense.
0: It does. I'm going to see if I can pull up quickly because they they do have dribbles and everything. So this year – hold on. Let me me get raw numbers. I shouldn't have done this live. I apologize. This is not amazing audio experience. But this year, three of his six makes and eight of his – Nah, 17 attempts are no dribble threes. How many? Say that again. So three of his six makes mm-hmm. and eight of his – now I got to do the math again. You're, really, you're putting me in a blender. 17, eight of 17. So nearly half of his attempts are no dribble and half of his makes are no dribble. So I'm going to look up just last year and just see just, – just to confirm – what I'm thinking about this, I mean, but it, it feels it, like it a tracks. higher percentage. Yeah.
1: It, it it does track. Like you see a lot less catch and shoot okay. threes from
0: honest. Last season alone, he attempts 64 no dribble threes, 87 three to six dribble threes. So just there's like there's three other buckets that all have double digit numbers, but alone he took more three to six dribble than zero dribble. So yeah, it is true. Like he is a much higher percentage of his total looks from three are no dribble. So that means either catch and shoot or a, more or less, it means catch and shoot actually, but it, it's great to see that from Giannis. And I think that's going to help make those shots more legit. He's also shooting slightly better percentage on catch and shoot than pull up this year, which in the past wasn't always the case. I don't know if he was as comfortable with catch and shoot, but I think his stroke on those has looked good this year.
1: For sure. For sure. I'm glad, I'm glad you highlighted this cause I wasn't going to, but, um, uh... Yeah, it's just like, sure. Does Giannis need the three ball? No. no, he's he doesn't like he's he freaking won a title. He doesn't need it. Uh, he's the best player in the world. He doesn't need it. Would it up his chances? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Bucks in general too. Is it is it, is it better? Yeah, I do. <laughs> is think... it ne- is it necessary? No, it's it's he currently he's sufficient, but not. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the plug.
0: <laughs> I'll say I'll say this too, it, it is, is, with Brook out there, but especially in the small lineups, this kind of thing can like the guys who thrive in the dunker spot are just going to eat now because having to pay a little more attention to him when he's out in the perimeter. Like the the Pat Connaughton's really good at this. We'll see if Bochant gets the minutes, but it, it's gonna just it's gonna be very good for everyone. So that's my honest thing. Obviously finishing at the rim, crazy still sixty percent from the field. 61% from free throw this year. 14 rebounds per game, like nearly six assists. He's just been amazing. Uh a lo- little MVP. bit of turnovers lately, but
1: MVP.
0: The load MVP. he's shouldering. Yeah, I think the case Giannis MVP, Brooke, D P O Y is my is right there. Javon, you know Bobby's sixth man of the year. Bobby sixth man. Javon, this the the most improved player is not looking amazing, but there's a lot of time. I think he's gonna turn that around.
1: Who's who's MIP for you right now? Is it maybe Desmond Bain. He might be an all star this year. I just I I don't like it though because like we
0: Bain's knew – Bain's already been really good. Yeah, we knew. Like <laughs> I I've been making Clay Thompson comps for a year. I I think I I wish I wish that award we would just exclude. Like I almost kind of like the NFL doing comeback player of the year better, even though it's a weird award, but like. Like like let's say Javon like let's he turns it around. Let's say he averages like ten points and shoots really well and is a top seven guy in the Bucks all year. That's a comeback, right? Like he bounced around the league. He got cut at the last trade deadline. Like I think that's worth worth awarding more than like.
1: Yeah, I think Dennis oh, Mitchell Jr. would win
0: that. Does that's a great yeah. Dennis Mitchell Jr. should win. And again, people are gonna say, "Oh, he didn't even really play last year. Didn't what did he improve? Like what is the?" qualification but like Desmond Bain getting it like John Morant, it's like yeah of course like we knew those guys were good we knew they would get better and they did and I get it's called most improved maybe that's fair but I think awarding someone like Dennis Smith Jr. is better than say oh congrats Desmond Bain you're also an all-star so you kind of knew but here's your most improved player as well
1: yeah like like did Giannis deserve that most improved player maybe yeah (laughs) And I, I, yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm
0: a hypocrite because I did argue Steph in his second MVP year because I thought he was so much better; it was insane. But that's kind of dumb too. I would prefer if it was. Let's highlight the true comeback stories because there's yeah. some great ones every year. Did in you the see?
1: Week. Did you see Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, the the play to send it to overtime? I didn't the, see the play. I he know he's gets, been great. He gets a tying bucket against the Warriors uh, to tie the game, obviously. Yeah, and then he clamps Steph to send it to overtime.
0: It's it's such a great story, and I think too between that and this like, guy,
1: like, did you did you listen to the latest low post? Yeah, there there's an anecdote about him trying to put on weight to go try out Play the football.
0: NFL. Yeah, well, I think a uh, you know, cross sport comp here, right? Like Geno Smith, right? A guy who was seemed like would probably be out of the league, mostly a backup, even post rust trade. I don't think. You know, maybe was not favored to get that job between uh, Drew Locke over there. Waka Flock is number one fan. And he gets the job and he's been one of the best quarterbacks in football this year. And it's just like not giving up on these guys is important, you know, when the talent's there. Like we don't talk about fit enough on teams and, and all the other stuff that goes into being a productive player. But I think highlighting more of those stories is good for the leagues because, you know, let's, let's get away from just like writing off a guy's whole career if he has a bad two years on a Jets equivalent organization in a pro sports league.
1: <laughs> that, that video of Drew Locke? What is he what is he singing along to? Is it put on?
0: No, is it's that, um um What is it? I it might remember. be no hands. No, it's not no hands. Is it not? Is it no. hard in the paint? I thought it was Flacca. I don't I'll, I'll, I'll Google. I'm Googling. Okay. Um, do who do you want to talk about next?
1: Um, I guess probably George Hill. He's the last guy we haven't really talked about. Uh, he's been exceptional, uh, in his role. Like we've talked, we've talked a little bit about it. It was same put on. There. I don't know why. It I was put it on. Was Let's go. Yeah, you're right. So he's thinking some Jeezy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's an elite video. I, whenever that pops up on my timeline, I watch it like four times. I, I, I really
0: wanted him to be good at football because of that, but it turns out the correlation's just not there. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but George Hill, he's been doing exactly what we want him to do this season. He's been playing as a wing. He's been playing as a secondary and tertiary playmaker. Not a whole lot to say. He's been he's been hitting some shots. He's been playing good defense. Nothing you can really be upset about. He's been the security blanket that he always has been, but it's just a more of a reduced role, which amplifies himself.
0: Update your priors, people. I'm sick of the bad George Hill takes this year. This is it. We're five games in now. It's time to let it go. We understand the Celtics series was bad. Totally get it. He played through next snap. He couldn't move his arms. Yeah, I mean, it's just of course, and he shouldn't have been playing. Bud shouldn't have played him. We're past it. It happened. We're past it. He's been better than Javon Carter this year, and that's not. I'm not anti Javon. Obviously, rooting for them both. And everyone in, in
1: his role, in his role.
0: I think overall, as well. I mean, I think if I think if he started right now, it, it'd probably be better. But I get why it's, we don't we don't know that. We don't know that, but I feel pretty comfortable because I think George is just really comfortable doing all of that stuff. But anyway, don't don't need to open that rabbit hole. I don't he's think not
1: gonna, he's not going to play that bulldog defense though.
0: That's true. It was a it is a big deal, and I think part of that last thing on the starters, allowing Drew to pick whatever wing he wants and not have to worry about the small guards. That's a big deal. And I think that's an interesting thing. Part of me wonders like, would we ever see Drew Javon Chris starting? If Grayson's not hitting shots? I don't I don't think so. But I do think they like the defensive versatility they get. And I think the difference between West versus Javon is like you still Drew kind of has to guard the guards then. And I think Javon on a guard and then Drew on any wing player, that's a lot of nice versatility or, for the
1: Bucks. Here's a lineup Drew Javon West Chris Giannis.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's just Clamp City. Yeah. That could be the one against, like, if there's a Boston rematch, that could be the closing. It wouldn't shock me.
1: Yeah, Chris is the weak link there. Yeah. And he's not, like, he's not a bad defender.
0: I wonder, would that be Javon on Brogdon, Drew on Jalen, Wes on...
1: Brown, yeah.
0: No, on Tatum.
1: Oh, you said Jalen. I thought you said Yeah, no, Jalen.
0: No, yeah. Well, whichever. I mean, we, we don't have to break down the Celtics series right now. George Hill. Yeah, I just think like like people are still just like George Hill sucks. Like, what, what are you watching? Are you watching? Have you watched the game?
1: They're not. Watch, or, watch basketball. It's fine. League Pass is half off than what it used to be. It's only $100 compared to $200. Even like, if you're – Watch you, some
0: basketball. Even if you're cherry – I mean, it's all Bucks fans. They can't watch the team on League Pass probably. But
1: I mean, that's assuming they're in the Milwaukee metro area, Ty. Well, all of Wisconsin. Is it really all of Wisconsin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I
0: can't. I can't watch the Bucks on League Pass in Oshkosh. But like, even if you're just watching for George Hills, like foibles only, there just hasn't been that many. He's th- 55% from the field, 36% from three, 2.8 assists to 0.6 turnovers per game. Like plus 10. He's always been a plus-minus god. He's second on the Bucks right now, only to Giannis. Despite playing only 23 minutes a game, like he's just been really good, and he just does everything that the Bucks need him to timely shot making knocks down his free throws averaging about six and a half points a game like it's it's just been great it's been awesome and you know hopefully you can keep it up all year and and all playoffs and I really like that he and we haven't talked about Wes either I like that they're really limiting these guys minutes because I think it would be easy to just say all right no no Chris no Pat again Ingles we just don't know how that's going to factor in at all but okay, we'll just step up everyone's rotation minutes and Hill plays 30 and West plays 28. And they're just not. I think West West will see more. I think maybe some of the injury factoring in there that kept him out in preseason and and they are really want to take it slow with him. But I like that they're saying, no, Hill, you're going to play 23 a game. Like, West, probably get up to like 20 a game. Like, we're not going to wear you guys out in October. We want to win these games. Guess what? We are winning these games, even with war and the rotation and everything else. So... I think that's a positive, but yeah, really have been encouraged by George Hill's play this year. The bounce back year that I bought into is, is happening.
1: You did, you did. Um, yeah, just uh, it's you're on the George Hill redemption arc. Uh, I'm on the Grayson Allen redemption arc. We like uh, we like G's getting the come up. I don't know what <laughs> they their names both start with G. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure. Like, You've, listen. You, okay, how late were you try.
0: out last night? How much sleep you. did you get? There's <laughs> it some, some questionable shots going up here, Rohan.
1: There's some questionable shots going up, like yesterday too. Yeah. Uh, and shots I couldn't get up for.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the uh, Rohan <laughs> down horrendous segment of the pod. <laughs> Personal favorite.
1: Let's let's move on. All right.
0: I don't know. Do we have anything to move on to? That might be move it.
1: on, Ty. <laughs> to you what?
0: Didn't move on. What, what do you want me to talk about? That's I don't one. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Save a choose your fighter sorry. already. Here, let me let me throw out a super obscure single game stat line and see if you can get it.
1: Um, <laughs> are, we, are we done here? I think we are. I think.
0: Okay. Do you know, the people uh,
1: are so confused.
0: <laughs> yeah, they are. Too many inside jokes. Um uh, this a- Milwaukee Buck. No, <laughs> You're actually It was gonna be DeAndre Liggins, but I couldn't get a good one in time.
1: DeAndre do you see DeAndre Jordan hit his second three pointer of his career?
0: No, I didn't.
1: Yeah, end of the shot clock, he he hoisted one. That's like it? it was a day oh, okay. day one signing for the Nuggets, baby.
0: Do you know I forgot Andre Drummond was still in the
1: league? Yeah, he's on the Bulls, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Andre Drummond, what a guy. But, uh, yeah, if we're talking about Andre Drummond and DeAndre Jordan, we'll say thank you yep. for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Eurostep Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this podcast platform ooh, of ooh, choice.
0: Oh, ooh, we got ooh. a review. Keep going. Ooh, but we, we got, got a, review. a review.
1: Okay, podcast platform of choice, YouTube. Make sure you leave a five-star rating and review so we can read it out like we're about to do here with uh, the review from this person who Ty is going to say, and he's eventually going to stop me because he's going to find it. I'm going to keep talking. Oh, I've got it. I was just seeing how many
0: we've got. Um, So here's the thing. We've gotten some more Discord activity. A certain cosplayer as astronaut bought Twitter and people are worried it's going to like go down the tube. So if you want to engage in Buck's discussion, join the GSPN Discord. You can find that and all things GSPN at the newly renovated gspn.info. Pretty spiffy. Shout Shout out to Linktree. I did no work there. Um, but you can get the Discord access link there. We've gotten a lot of new joiners soon. And you can join Apple Review 5 stars, Spotify Review 5 stars, or even just a Substack subscription. So no matter what platform you use, you're able to gain entry. And you can leave a review to be read on pod with the joining. So E. Szymanski, I believe this is his name is Eli from Twitter, oh, yeah. um, left here is this. Quote, left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts last year, and so he did a Spotify, too. He doubled up. That's a oh, pro wow. move. Oh, wow. We love that. More people need to Shout do that.
1: to Eli.
0: Yeah. Uh, but, okay, and have listened to every episode since. I love the balance of fun and analysis the guys incorporate in the episodes. The best MKE Bucks content out there.
1: That's Aww. great. That's very heartwarming. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Really appreciate that.
1: Oh, my heart is warm.
0: Yeah. It's a nice way to go. Good. Yeah,
1: it feels good. Uh, thank you for that review. Like Ty said, if you want to have your review read, make sure you get into our Discord, GSPN.info, or just leave it on Apple. Yeah. Um, but if you want to do it the other ways, that's how you do it. GSPN.info. There's a Discord entry form you can fill out, and so you can leave your review there too. But yeah, like like we mentioned, make sure you subscribe to all of our podcasts here at the Eurostep Podcast Network. Talk of the Tundra, Cruising for a and Make Time for This. Uh, check out the Win in Six uh, episode. They dropped, uh, what yeah. was it, Thursday? They're going to be dropping episodes. It's on the same feed. Just go wherever you're listening to this. Just go back an episode. Yeah, scroll,
0: scroll down or up, depending on the orientation of your player.
1: Yeah, just do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Pod Random, and we will talk to you next time.